Hello, this is Zachary Ferguson in fabulous downtown upstairs Las Vegas. I'm currently 120 feet high off the ground. No, I'm not parasailing. I'm in a hotel. The Flamingo, to be exact, if you want to stalk me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm also in this very same hotel. I, he is, though I cannot find him. He said, yep. find me, and he left a bunch of clues. <laughs> I did. Um, oh, I got to tell you, Sam, apparently there's something called the desert sickness. And mm-hmm. um, what it is is whenever there's a wind front, a nice wind that comes from the desert into Las Vegas, it whips up a bunch of, like, parasites or whatever. Anyways, I have, like, this head cold. So, Ew. and I just took a nap, and I feel a little refreshed, but I feel, like, more congested. Well, actually, never mind. Don't come and find me. I I'm finding you. Oh, I parasite. I, guys, I uh, think I found him. I am not behind that sheet, by the way. That's not me. Hold on, let me... So, if I hit this with my baseball bat, you're not gonna go, ow! That will not be me. Oh, okay. I just did it. Nobody... Nobody said anything. That was my butler, and you just beat. Yeah, there are feet underneath that, uh, underneath, like, the... Or you might have another problem, actually, if you're you're beating a person that's not reacting. Yeah, this is kind of weird. You might have a corpse hidden. (laughs) Standing up? Standing standing up. up. Yeah, standing up corpse. What is this? Blue velvet at the very end? You know, I never got that part of that film. I know I we've get, talked I about. I didn't get it either because you no. Know, actually, whenever... we should maybe we should make this episode the 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 Blue Velvet one or the David Lynch one. Uh, oh, that's a good tie-in. Very uh, good idea, Sam. I think we shall. So, anyways, right now, uh, Zach and I, mostly Zach though, is at the uh, NAB. Yes, the explain N- what the, what's the NAB stand for, Zach? It stands for the National Association. Uh, silent of broadcasting uh Mm. it is a convention where all the latest and greatest come to marvel at the greatest and latest of uh broadcasting technology i'm here i'm editing this show for uh the the nab show live uh Mm -hmm. which i probably screwed that up there's a lot of name changes that are very particular Mm -hmm. but uh i was here editing the show and it's a 24-hour, like, turnaround. So it's been very intense. And we just finished. So I told my crew, who are much more experienced than I, I told them, I said, stop. I have to go record this podcast. And they're like, wait, what? I think, oh, this is fantastic. He's mm-hmm. a guy who does a podcast. Mm-hmm. And they stood People up. People love and, us. Oh, they do. We, we are a huge hit. There's not that many podcasters. Um, yeah, That's it, why we're a radio show, actually. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is why I need a partner in crime uh, to correct me on my follies. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's been fun, and uh, I've uh, learned something. I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, honestly, I haven't learned a lot, but I learned one thing. Okay, tell us what you have learned. Uh, to make a more robust audio... Um, one, you want to record on two channels, a boom and a lav. Uh, and in this case, we didn't, uh, we did have a boom, but it was matched with the lav. Anyways, so on two separate channels, I realized once you make it one channel or maybe the other, 
you can create, uh, you can uh, apply an add-on called dynamics. You know, sometimes there were outdoor scenes, sometimes there were some noisy, uh, like, convention center stuff. So I used this dynamic thing to just make it a little bit more uh, round, as the uh, guy who taught me who his name is, Carlos. He's a huge fan. Uh, he doesn't know I... He doesn't know I host this podcast. <laughs> it was kind of awkward. He showed me a tattoo of our logo, and he said, these guys. Well, okay, you're at the NAB. What, what else am. have you learned? Anything? I, that, that is literally... Is there any... That's That's it. literally it. You're at the center of new technology. Look, here... Okay. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, I guess I did... Uh, I guess I did edit a bunch of stuff. So, some okay. new stuff. Uh, the number one pick for the show that I was a part of was... Uh, this like a bunch of functionality for self uh, for cars like AI and yes. cars, and basically it, it's just like it makes your um, like picking music better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cool. So I'm here nice. at Las Vegas uh, in the center of the world, and it, you know things haven't awed me. What too about much. what about what about like the uh, the 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 what about um. The Da Vinci Resolve 16. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, so Adobe I, After Effects has just released something look, uh, it's, in which you can remove objects oh, from yes, video. Yes, that was uh, that was something. That was uh, number three for the top five. That is really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that was a new thing. I thought that was something That's that Adobe thing. already had. But, yeah, it was wow. really cool uh, to see it in action. Um I feel like you're gonna see like an actual like a robot cry in front of you, and you're gonna be like, "Wow, I, I thought robots could already cry." Hey, you know what, man? You've been in stressful situations like I have. Uh, you get numb. Oh. You get numb <laughs> real quick, and you get you get numb right. You know? Oh, well, that's that's all you can. Mama hope for didn't raise no uh, uh, numb anyways, uh, numb nut. What about so? What about Da Vinci 16? Did you learn anything about that? No. Okay. Well, anyways. Uh, so that's Oh, to that, be it was funny. Like, you told me about that over the phone. Uh, folks, yeah, Sam was calling up, like, in the middle of the night, which is my, like, uh, early morning. Uh, and he's like, Zach, Zach, you got to find out about this Da Vinci Resolve thing. And I'm like, Sam, I- I'll do it. I'll talk to my director. I love it. Thank you. And so they send me material and interview. And all it is is just... It was just a class that that was the top pick for the NAB show. It was it was just like they were just having a class on Da Vinci, not like that they were teaching anything new. Oh, the segment was just like, yeah, we got a class. and It's cool. Uh, hmm. And we're That's teaching boring. people. It, I mean, I, really? I, I edited it quite well. Hmm. So, well, guys, stay tuned for Zach's edit of yeah. some class. Though, I, I will 16. say, yeah, yeah, stay tuned. Hey, last year's video got like 5,000 views or something. Hey, so. that's 1,000 more than uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Come on. Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like we should uh, kick it over to uh, the episode yes. that is actually f- uh, an old episode. I love it. Uh, unfortunately, I actually couldn't be in the studio today because of uh work um but we're doing a podcast today uh, from one of our old archives uh and this one is when we talked about uh david lynch yeah 
So uh, one, of our, uh, one of our top uh, listened to. Yeah, actually, that's true. <laughs> um, so from the vault, here it is. Does your house leak at night? Does your bathroom constantly fill with water? Hi, I'm Joe Manello, and I'm here to tell you from Oxy Water that we have the supply for you. Hello, little boy. Is your bucket still holding up its water? Hello, uh, my bucket is, is it's doing pretty well, I think. Uh, yeah! Oh! Now how's it doing, little boy? Does it have it's a big dripping. old freaking it's hole? Got hole in, it's got a hole in it. Why it's got a big that? stinking hole. Here, let me put my schmutt on it. <laughs> ah, yeah. That bucket, folks, ain't... That bucket is now holding 10 pounds worth of water. And little Jumjo uh, boy here, that's his name, Jumjo. That's your name, little boy. Your little name. Your little name. My little name? Yeah, your name is Jumjo. Anyways. Thank you for remembering. This schmutt can hold up to 500 tons of anything. It can stick onto walls it can keep my big mouth shut it can hold tax returns <laughs> jim joe or whatever i called you before schmo schmo let me i'm gonna put my schmutt on your mouth just to keep you quiet oh no please don't so call now to buy my schmutt my name again is I said it before so just you know rewind and listen to it again okay I'm not gonna say my name again so call 992-255-11 banana spelled with one M hmm that was a huh. cl- I like that Shmite. yeah no, it's a little they risk- paid us a lot more than the normal advertisers do mm-hmm but um yeah, i like that no. I, I, yeah i like it he was a little rude to that boy yeah honestly that boy but i can well, only we saw the video of it and that boy was he was definitely an orphan and not yeah. took, but he was care huge well he was he about, was really fat yeah he was uh, it looked like there was some schmutt all around his pants yeah i think he'd been eating some of the schmutt also like oh. he was he was and it had that 1980s vibe i think they're yeah. probably all dead I think this is an old commercial yeah. that they just are trying to bring back. Um, it was, yeah, it was. It was yeah, crazy. I wonder it if was... that phone number is still existing. I don't know, but when I saw it in the eighties, uh, during that, oh, you saw it in the eighties. Yeah, I was I was hitting up that eighties vibe. Um, mm. They were playing it at the art houses, and it was pretty cool stuff. Just the commercial? They were just playing yeah, the it art? Was, the, well, it was like an art... It was it an was, art house commercial? It was an artsy thing that, like, it was playing in the background while, uh, like, dance music was going on. I have a question. Why is it not called art theater? Why does it become a house when it's art? I don't know. It's just kind of... I guess it's like, why is anything called, like, a bird or a microphone? You know? I guess a house... Maybe a house seems more structured. Hmm. Yeah, but... It's maybe going for that. Uh, I feel like art isn't really structured. That's why it's kind of. Well, I think maybe it's going for that ironic thing. Like, art isn't structured. So, calling it a house is playing into the whole. Uh, stru- like, it's not structured, but house just sounds better. Hmm. Well, whoever came up with the name, I guess, is a genius because it's stuck. Ho- Hoover? 
whoever. Oh, whoever. I don't think Hoover came up the I was name. about to say, if Herbert Hoover, the president, was just like, I think... this is so art house. When he, he meant <laughs> In to the say 30s? Yeah, but he meant to say our house. He was watching Betty Boop. This is so like... art. <laughs> and then in the other room, because he was rich and had two TVs or radios, Jeopardy was on, and they said, what? Like, Jeopardy like, was on. What is something that two people may live in? And he goes, now this is art house. <laughs> and they're like, Dad, you're right. This is so art house. Huh? Rah. All right. But, <laughs> I'm not a crook. Hey, um, I don't think he was a crook. Probably. I don't think so. Uh, I think he I was a like lovely man. Most presidents in the probably a little crooky a little bit of a crook especially that, that time like the third like the three presidents before fdr yeah it was harding uh coolidge and hoover i wonder Those what three. the who the purest president was in all think, of history i feel like it's probably what is his name he's still alive what's his name uh, oh jimmy carter Jimmy Carter. Yeah, I think Jar- Jimmy Carter was probably the most pure president. I mean, I mean, he's the he's the president who's the most like who's still doing stuff that well, isn't. Bill over. Clinton's also doing things, but it's slightly questionable. Wait, what do you mean? He what does he do? The Bill Clinton Foundation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Bill Clinton House. Now, yeah. <laughs> All I know is Jimmy Carter. He makes houses. You know, he builds yeah, he houses with his bare hands. Yeah, he does. Pretty him. bad houses, but at least you know they're authentic. Yeah. Anyways, I guess we should move on to our topic, right? Yes. Oh my goodness, our topic. So, mm-hmm. um, Sam and I had this long, lengthy discussion in fire in our, our fireplace, and we we're like, Sam was like, we should do it Halloween. So nice. Yeah, but Halloween's next weekend. So, what our most popular podcast are the one where we talk about specific directors? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty. It's- now we're Pretty not unanimous. Yeah, we're not here for the clickbait, but we do enjoy talking about specific directors because the directors we talk about, we have a lot of knowledge on. And uh-huh. since well, it's yeah. the month of October, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to talk about a spooky, kind of creepy uh, director. No, it's not John Carpenter. No, it's not the West Craven. We should talk about Jar- John Carpenter. No, we already. I already. Had invested oh, my brain. Oh, we're just going to do that. Okay, okay. I mean, okay. Th- then again, if we're going to talk about John Carpenter, it really is the time to talk about John. Actually, I actually, I actually listened to the. Uh... Maybe we should talk about John Carpenter. <laughs> now let's just no, do. Let's John... talk, let's, no, no, no. I mean, I don't know. I, uh, we should talk about John Carpenter. I think you're right. I don't know enough about John Carpenter more so than I know I do about, about John. This, this other guy. Than this other guy. This other. guy. I think we would have a better conversation with this other guy. Yeah. Okay, fine. So, like, we can talk about John Carpenter like next week. Like, I mean, we'll be talking about Halloween. Yeah, we're on Valentine's Day. So, the director we're talking about is that's right, you guessed it. Let's say it together, Sam. David David Lynch. Lynch. David Lynch, people. David Uh Lynch is a spooky guy. I'm actually holding right now, and I don't know if Sam, you have the technology, but if I take a photo of myself. Could you put this up? I'm holding his book. Right do now. I have the technology like, to do, put do we, photos places? Do we take photos? Yes. Okay, so if I took a photo, you could put it up on Facebook. Facebook? What is this? 2005? <laughs> <laughs> no, a, a Facebook or 
Instagram. Our Twitter, Instagram. We do. Uh, I actually just started the uh, Twitter. We should start spreading that at some point. But anyways, but the Instagram's going strong. So if you give me the Instagram, I'll I'll figure it out. Or if you give me the photo, I'll put it on Instagram. Follow us at uh, two underscore thumbs underscore undecided. By the way, we have some good shit. I've seen it. It's pretty good. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, so there you go. It's called uh, Room to Dream. Oh, is that that's David Lynch? Yeah. Oh, it's a little blurry. <laughs> so, anyways, um, David Lynch is a uh, a director that was very influential, or at least uh, was very much talk of. He is a, in my opinion. Hold on a second. Taking a hodo. A hodo. A hodor. How to do? <laughs> Spoilers. One of my favorite scenes. And that's all I'm going to say about that. One of my favorite scenes from Game of Thrones. I had Either. it spoiled to me many times. But yeah. Yeah. All I'm just going to say is, how to do? <laughs> I think, it, be fun I think that character should have said it in a more southern accent. I feel like... Like, how to do? I actually haven't seen it, so I can't really make much of a... I, a lot of people comment. stop... I can't say too much, but how the dow? How the dow? <laughs> That's all you have to know. I'm going to dress uh, up as a door for Halloween and but just let's, go around. But let's talk briefly. Uh, yes, okay. What's so the first time that you, Zach Ferguson, a watched little... a David Lynch film? I believe... Okay, I have a strong memory of a David Lynch. David Lynch and co- I got into David Lynch in college. As it's a good time to get into. It's David great Lynch. time, you know. People in the '90s and '20s had their Quentin Tarantino's, their David Fincher. Those are not the directors that got me titillated and I read up on in college. <laughs> I had the David Lynches and I had the Wes Andersons, and David Lynch. So. I went on a trip to Chicago in college, mm. which was my first real, like, adventure. Because Bowling Green State University... Oh, I remember you talking about that. Honestly, one of the greatest weekends I've ever had. Hmm. Like, like, in a way, it's one of the memories that I hope that as an old man is what oh. I, like, I hold on to. Because I had... Good. It was so... It was very college um, very uh, pure, but I was exhausted. Um, but I was exhausted from just this uh, submersion into culture. You know, Chicago. You weren't even drinking back then, were you? No, I wasn't. I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, no, or like, I, I didn't even. Uh, <laughs> what is that? What are you saying? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, saying pure. It sounds like it was pretty pure. It was completely pure. Yeah, it was just. You were I just was kind of roaming around. Yeah, I was drunk. I was drunk off of uh, art. Um, our friend was to able to get us backstage at one of the museums. Uh, I I didn't really know much about the cities, and I just was overloaded by it. And it was beautiful. I met I met a uh, an- antichrist or an anarchist. Oh, who was an- oh, who that's, was that's that's a sucks. Who was a- all right? Let's get back on. Anyways, topic. anyways, so I came back home, and I was still steaming in culture and i decided to watch blue velvet uh yeah and blue velvet and so i was in this mode this weird mind mode 
And when you I have saw to be in a weird mind mode. And the the trailer for Blue Velvet always got me. And so I watched Blue Velvet and I I thought it was very strange how half the movie it was experience because I loved the trailer. I I watched the trailer so many more times than I watched the movie. I've never seen the trailer. I think it's such a great trailer. Um but I it's weird. That's actually something we sorry. Quick pin. We should talk about trailers. Haven't have we, we talked about tra- trailers? Have we? I think we did. We might have talked about trailers already. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was my first experience. And what was your ex- – and I was I was deeply enthralled into that ever since. I haven't seen all of his movies, but um, the first time I ever saw Mulholland Drive, I also – I loved Mulholland Drive the first time. And I did – But when un- was that? Was that like a year later? Was that like – I believe that was junior. Yeah. Beginning. No, 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 no. That was the uh, the second half of sophomore year of college. Huh. So that was probably a year later. And I, I understood it. Like I woke up one mo- morning after very – I just complete – here's the thing. I watch David Lynch movies when I'm completely exhausted. Because the second time when I watched Mahan Drive, I just finished up doing a 48-hour film competition. And I mm-hmm. woke up the next morning completely drained uh, and just kind of clicked. Like, I'm going to watch Mahan Drive. And I loved it. I, it freaked me good. out. Uh, my first time watching was also Blue Velvet. Uh, well, actually, you – showed me a blue velvet when i was in college but we didn't we only watched we like the first 20 the minutes thing. of it yeah yeah but i was interested i was interested in it and then i watched it from from beginning and to end when i had a 28 hour layover when i was traveling to prague mm-hmm. uh when i was studying abroad and uh yeah it was weird because it was like it was i had just gotten back from having my first ever legal drink but like at a restaurant so it was like the first time i was only like 2019 i might have been 19 oh that's right uh, so it was my first time ever buying wine like legally so i had just had my first it was just a glass of wine and i was just like feeling like wow this is interesting and it's like i'm stuck in like kiev rush or uh uh no the ukraine sorry that's the ukraine uh and uh yeah and i watched blue velvet and it was fucking sorry it was weird no Um, it was it was weird and the thing i thought was weird about it is i I don't know what i was really expecting i was kind of expecting dennis hopper to be the main villain like we would see his character uh earlier in the film and he was going to be a more prominent character Though I'm not saying he wasn't. I just was not expecting how little we were going to see of him. It was just weird because he it was came like, in. Half of it was a typical kind of like Firefly from like the 50s of just like a very typical detective, kind of boring detective yeah, show slash movie. And that's why. And then I, the other half of it is just was crazy just bizarre. Weird that's, shit. And that's what it was. And it was just like extremely. As soon as like. Like, he, he gets pushed into a closet. And that's where it and goes then, into and David that's Lynch when world. Dennis, yeah, that's where D- Dennis Hopper comes out. And it's just like He's swearing the all the time. And he's just, he's being super horrible 
to uh, the actress, uh, Isabel. I don't know. But, but um, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna watch David Lynch, if you haven't yet, you should watch that one first because I, I think that's the most extreme. Well, if you want to go more, most extreme, and I'm not joking, uh, I know that his probably his most crazy thing is the Im- Island Empire. I don't know, uh, which involves rabbits. Uh, but uh, Twin Peaks is a, a, no a Racerhead. I found to be another oh, really? surprising movie. Yes, Eraserhead is something. I, I think that that's. I saw that much later. I had to but watch I, that. I think that's one of my favorites. That one's an art. Like it's a weird. That to me is art house. His most art like, housey. What's weird is like that came out the same year as Star Wars. No. So what? I'm pretty sure. No, like that came out the same. Seventy six. Seventy seven. Seventy six. No, I came out in the 80s but you may be right no it came out in the 70s i know it came out in the 70s i'm not 100 i'm not 100 percent sure about it coming out in star wars but like it came out around like late 70s Um, actually no sam i think you're right Uh, i have the data here but i'm not gonna look at it but just thinking of time wise famously george lucas approached david lynch to direct yeah. Uh, Return of the, uh, the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> after and this, the weird thing is, is he approached him after seeing Dune, which I've never seen. Dune. He I'm, directed Dune. He did direct Dune, which is weird, weird because Dune is beholden as kind of one of those things where, how do you turn yeah, this into a movie? I'm looking at the data now, though it is 1977. Yeah, right. I'm seeing it. Yeah, it's 1977. Weird. Nailed it. That is weird because it doesn't feel like a 1977 movie. No. It feels like... And the weirdest thing is it was shot over five years. Yes. Like, it was... There's a scene in, like, the first little bit of the film. He, like, completely ran out of money. He went to AFI, uh, which is... If you don't know what that is, it's, like, one of... If not the best film school. AFI? You mean America... What? What is that? He went to AF... You've never heard of the AFI school? Uh, Conservatory? No. I mean... Probably in my... It's, it's, it's like, it's not for undergrads. It's like specific for... Graduates. Graduates. It's like, they, they call you a... Well, um... Well, anyways, it's like, it's not like going, it's not like a school. It's like specifically for filmmakers, but it's called AFI. And it's like that in USC are like the top, like, uh, grad schools. Um, but he went to AFI and uh he i think this was like his yes thesis yes. okay he, this was like something that like he he made it and then he ran completely out of money and then for five years he was just like trying to make it work doing odd jobs and then he got the money again and there's a cool little tidbit where from when he there's a scene where he in like the first 10 minutes of the film where he opens a door to like get into th- this house and the next scene was five years later. <laughs> like, it cuts Weird. immediately from him opening the door, and then it cuts, and it was shot five years later. That is him really entering the house. I and, didn't know that. You know what? I gotta say, I may try to find a racer head after, after this. It's such it. a good film. It's, it's shot so well, and it's also, like, so... I don't know. It's 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 so odd. I mean, some of it is kind of one of my one of my problems with David Lynch though is 
I think he he goes too much. Do you ever ha- have that feeling that uh, he's like? Yeah, it's I... like sometimes it's like okay, let's. I like being weird. I'm always down for being weird, but like at some point, like the weird, it's like it it can be downplayed. Like you can just bring us back to the story for a second, and then but it's like constantly just weird after weird. And that, I think, was my biggest problem with Mulholland Drive, was, like, after a point, I was like, okay, let's, let's get back to, like, let's, I don't know, it just seemed like it was just going off the rails, I don't know. See, I don't, I don't agree, I mean, I think Mulholland Drive was definitely weird, and probably the beginning of his, um, that type of movie making, because, I'll tell you this. I've seen all of Twin Peaks. And I'm saying I've seen when it was on cable 17 years ago, and I've seen the newest season. And the newest season... The first episode of... Wait, continue. Sorry. Well, the newest season, my goodness, is... I've told people this, but it's not really a TV show I can recommend to people. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it gets so weird... But then it also becomes really funny. Like it will go from insane uh, imagery and like really annoying sounds. Like throughout the entire sound, there's this almost scratching of chalks. Anytime you see electricity or deals with electricity. And then they'll cut to like a really hilarious scene of Michael, uh, Michael, Sarah. Pretending oh, to wait, be. Michael Sarah's in it. He's in it for one scene, and he's the son of one of the two uh, of two of the uh, main uh, two of the characters from the last like of the show, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with the rest of the show. But he plays this um, this Marlon Brando uh, wild angels type of guy, this like motorcyclist, and hmm. it's really funny. And then it goes back to super weird stuff. So I, I don't. But what about the original show? Like the, I haven't seen any of the Twin Peaks. Like the first series. That, that show is weird. From the 90s. That that show's weird, but it's it's a little bit weird in the commercial sense. I I can't explain exactly what I mean by that, but I I feel like you could it it could reach more of a a, a broad type like there was definitely a story structure that you could follow while the david lynch thing i feel like you really had to get through it you had to mm. um but um what was i saying for him no that's really okay so that afi yes uh that is where i believe you know some people you know they credit Everybody like when you're thinking of Martin Scorsese or uh, George Lucas, these kind of people, you consider them not George Lucas, but there are some directors who the people who are more invested or love the movie industry, they realize that these directors would not have gotten anywhere without their their main actors. Mm-hmm. Like oh, you know, Robert De Niro. Without Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese may have been. I mean, he's a great director, but these movies are elevated 
with, say, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones or, or all these people. Well, uh, I think one of the earliest collaborators that um, you could see in David Lynch's early films is one, his main guy who he used for a long time, uh, Jack Nance, who plays Eraserhead, or better known as um, Henry Spencer. Mm-hmm. And um, he he's been in he was he was in Eraserhead he was in Blue Velvet and he was also in Twin Peaks, so mm-hmm. he's kind of a, no I know who you're guy. talking about. But the one that I want to point out is his uh, cinematographer, who I mm-hmm. uh, had a wonderful wonderful time uh, studying him in college. Hmm. Uh, his name is Frederick Elms. Mm-hmm. And Frederick Elms and David Lynch met at this postgraduate, at this graduate school that I believe mm-hmm. it, it's the one that you just said. AFI, yeah. AFI. Now, he hasn't done, he and David Lynch haven't worked on things recently, but mm-hmm. he did work on a lot of his early movies. That's and a you shame. Can, well, and the weird thing is you can actually see his touch in the stuff he does. One of the yeah. movies he did uh, that was not a David Lynch movie was Ice Storm by Ang Lee. And Ooh. weirdly enough, you can actually feel this 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 look. I don't know what it is, but the scene that I think is most David Lynch, Frank Elms collaboration, if I had to give one, it would be the Blue Velvet scene with... Um, with... D- Dean, I want to get this right because I respect the Dean Stockwell. Actor? Yes, Dean Stockwell. The singing the 150 song, what is it called? Uh, it's uh, Ray Odinson's... It's not called Candy uh, Colored... It's... Candy Colored... In Dreams. It's called In Dreams. Ah, see. Yeah, yeah. That's what the song is called, but it's Candy Colored Sandman... That scene mm-hmm. is the scene I contribute. That's the scene when what I. What a s- weird scene, though. Like, but I love that. That it's scene so good. is one of those scenes where, y- yes, I was appalled by the ho- like. I was definitely shocked by the appearance of Dennis Hopper's character Frank Booth. Mm-hmm. But it's that scene with Dean Stockwell, where I think we talked about this with independent films. Um, how independent films have this, like, ever so often you need a little dance scene. Yeah. But it wasn't middle. a dance scene. Well, it was in just a way, like a it little was a, singing. It was a performance. But why I think this one stood out to me is there's a story. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, you know, you could say what you want about the guy, but I think this, he definitely played this role wonderfully because I was kind of getting a little tense because this guy's singing the song the the woman the one the main woman actor is seeing her son who we never see in the movie her kidnapped son Mm -hmm. and then dennis hopper (laughs) who's you know standing there and you you see him like 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 have like this silent rage moment where Mm -hmm. he squints his face and dean rockwell sees this (laughs) And, uh, and and then he he goes into this weird line. It's like you know, 
he tells everybody to go and he turns off the lights and it's like it's dark now and then it they drive off and i love that scene. oh no doesn't he like say something like let's get fucked or let's I'm like fuck. i'll fuck anything that moves <laughs> yeah you're just like let's fuck yeah or something like that it and then so funny. and then it does that thing that i love in movies where uh everybody's in the scene and then it cuts and it cuts away and nobody's in the room but mm. you hear the squeak uh, the squealing of the the car so that that I mean that's why I think Blue Velvet is probably you know the nicest combination of his art house. I also think the first th- hour of Mulholland Drive is great. I think like as it's building up to stuff, I think towards the end though, because it was supposed to be a TV show, right? I think towards the end of Mulholland Drive, it got too much into trying to build things up that just didn't that didn't it felt like a weird release because it didn't actually end. Mm-hmm. So that was my problem with Mulholland Drive is just, it just ended strange. But um, with, uh, with that scene, with like the, the like, cause there's this, there's another similar scene in Mulholland Drive where she is singing and like, and she's auditioning. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? In Mulholland she's, Drive? In Mulholland Drive. Like the, the girl is auditioning, Oh, and like she singing. sings, uh, like, 16 um, Reasons Why. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, I love that scene. Da, 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 da. What are you talking That's about? a great scene. No, I love that scene. Because it's also, like, right before she starts singing, there's, like, this weird, ominous drone That's the that girl. goes on. And, like, but it's also, like, it's it's this weird, like, he's realizing that this is the girl, but also this, this ominous girl. drone, the girl that's about to sing. Because, like, right before she, like, he goes up, to the woman that just sang before and it was just like oh you got the part don't worry about it blah 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 and then this girl comes up and it was like this weird realization like wait no this is the girl but that ominous drone of like mm, just made it instantly seem like this isn't like this decision is like what's going to cause this movie to unravel like this is this is something not necessarily bad but it's something kind of dis dystopian in a weird way and that was that was i think a a really good scene and i i look at that scene a lot also the scene where she auditions by like i think that's like the whatever um uh that's like the peak like the you know in like the story arc there's like the it's like the it's not the climax but it's like the the middle part in between the um second and third act it's like the peak of the arc or whatever um i forget what it's called but i feel like that scene where like she finally auditions and like just becomes extremely sexualized and like extremely oh you mean uh, she's not this and she's like swearing and being like hey like love me yeah Um, yeah yeah that's um, a great scene yeah i think this the one of the scariest scene the at like one of the scariest scenes in all of david lynch's movies that actually the nightmare the nightmare at the end where she's tweaking or something, and um, her parents are like these really tiny people climb out of like a bag. Uh, like for I me, for some that. reason, like that's where it gets into this art housey, but it gets scary. And it, on, honestly, there's not much to it. It's just uh, no Naomi Watts being chased by these two old people, mm-hmm. and they're they're not even 
dressed up or like made scarier, but the sound and the light freaked me out uh, on that. Um, also, a tidbit on David uh, Lynch, another tidbit that I think is amazing, is Eraserhead. Eraserhead was one of those movies that uh, became a cult classic around Hollywood. People would uh, circulate the film around you know people's houses and people would watch mm. it and people were blown away by it because it was so i mean back in the day when that was a thing well i didn't know and that's the thing is i didn't the only other story that i heard about like something like that is the uh the south park uh pilot or the south park whatever oh really yeah i mean that was before youtube so they made it and i guess it was on vhs and the vhs was burned and and copied and it got passed around Hollywood, and everybody loved it. It was like their inside thing. And one of the people who apparently watched it was Tom Cruise. So, but anyways, <laughs> that's uh, that's what I've um, I've heard about Eraserhead is it was this cult classic in Hollywood, the like yeah. the Hollywood people, and the the person who in some way is helped and cement David Lynch in Hollywood and is now a household name among those who you know know of his work and his mm-hmm. influences is Mel Brooks the man really? yes the 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 man who created Blazing Saddles and the producers yes he so right after Eraserhead which is 1977 you know people are starting to be like this guy knows his shit Mm-hmm. So they give him the Elephant Man to dress. Oh yeah. Which the Elephant Man in my opinion is probably the most commercially successful movie that he's ever done and probably ever will do it will ever do. I mean there's no mm-hmm. going back to normal now. Um I mean Twin Peaks, yes. I'm saying movie-wise this is probably the the most normal we're ever going to get out of him. But um the Executive, the executive producer behind that was Mel Brooks. Huh. And Mel Brooks, I read somewhere that, like, Mel Brooks actually fought for David Lynch's creative abilities. Mm-hmm. Like, they wanted, I guess, the, you know, the companies wanted to go different directions, but they're like, yeah. hey, man, this guy is something else. So it just kind of yeah. shows you. Mel Brooks, though, he's a funny guy, and it really does satirical, satirical uh, satire. Um, you know, he made it in this business because he, he knows what sells, mm-hmm. entertainment-wise. And David Lynch was it. And then after I that, briefly, there sorry. you go. I briefly want to talk about the – I have never seen the movie, but his uh, 1990 film, uh, Wild at Heart, <laughs> kind of sealed the deal for William Defoe. Really? Uh, as being, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, that was kind of the, the first film that made William Defoe like, the weird person we know him today. Uh, like, William Defoe. I'm gonna, you don't think so? I'm going to hold you to the fire for that one. Okay, uh, hold me to the fire. I don't actually know. But I just remember, like, seeing that film, like, just seeing the scene where he, like, it was, like, kind of a rape scene, but it wasn't actually rape because he, like, he never... He, like, didn't really even, like, touch her. He kind of just, like, just 
I don't know. It was oh, like well, this psychological okay. rape. He, it was so disturbing, but like he he did a good job acting. I, don't know, like, I, I think actually the, the movie that cemented him in Hollywood was Platoon. He, oh, well, guy. okay, that was, that was, okay, but this was, like, what cemented him as, like, a weirdo. Like, this cemented him as being, yeah, like... Yeah, but, uh, okay, I think you're, I think you're taking that into Spider-Man, and, like, what other stuff, like, I'm trying to think what other stuff he's known for, okay, I mean, Grand Be- Budapest Hotel, but, uh, William Defoe, I don't really think of as the weirdo. I think he's pretty weird. I mean, he's weird, he's good at playing weird. Um, but I, I would not, uh, okay, you know what, I, I'm, I'm being a little devil, devil's advocate, but I, I get what you're talking about. All right, well, because closing statements, because we should move on to, do you have anything else you want to say about David? Oh, Easter I could Lynch? talk, I could talk so long on, da- actually, David Lynch really excites me. I don't really? know why. He, to okay, me, we can keep talking. Uh, I, I, no, but I do agree, we are uh, running out of time. Or just we should probably move on to the next segment because I have a lot to say about the uh, the movie I've seen this week. Um, but David Lynch is something I think everybody should try to see one of his movies. And I do agree that Blue Velvet is probably a good one. I w- actually I would say that Elephant Man is probably the one you should watch. Really? Uh, just because I mean Blue. It uh, okay. You know what? I, you're right. I suggest seeing Blue Velvet. I think that's his best movie. And if you're suggesting to people uh, what movies to see, you should probably say their best. Uh, but I think for those who don't get the structure and maybe the art houseness of Blue Velvet, and I will say there are some boring parts. I think in Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where he and um, shoot uh, the woman from uh, you know Jurassic Park. Jumanji. Oh yeah, Jurassic Park. I just yeah, said yeah. Jurassic Park. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Um, who is that? Uh, Laurel, uh, Laurel Dern, who mm-hmm. actually is one of David Lynch's. Go-to people. Yeah, also in Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart, Blue Velvet, and she was a main character in Twin Peaks, the newest series. Mm. I oh, hated, I, I hated her character. Oh, <laughs> but um, it's yeah, but all right. Well, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I say see Blue Velvets. Uh, check out also um, anything else from uh, Frederick Elms. Um, before the Hulk. Oh, he did the Hulk. Yeah, he. he Anyways, cinematography for. Ang I Lee's think Hulk. one thing I do want to note real quickly about David Lynch is uh, immediately as soon as I got to Prague, there was this one really pretentious, quote unquote, film director, who, who was a student at the this place that I went to. Uh-huh. And he loved David Lynch. And I think the thing that always perturbed me about David Lynch is so many annoying, pretentious filmmakers love David Lynch yeah. because he is so abstract. And since he is so abstract, 
a lot of people are just kind of like it's easier to be like you don't get it like this if you don't like it like you know it's it's there's so much levels to it that you don't understand like it's so like it's part of your and like he even admits that like his stuff is kind of like he does like a lot of like yoga and really a lot of like meditation so his stuff is kind of it is out there yeah i mean but he's I a man who can't stop doing art it's dangerous i think to try to copy him oh, yeah. which i think is true for all directors i think you should never try to copy a director but i think david lynch is something a lot of people try to copy and i think it's I... important to note that you shouldn't like it's it's uniquely him and his his abstractness and his lack of reasoning for a lot of things or at least a lot of obvious reasoning for things mm-hmm. i i i think shouldn't be uh taken as a as an excuse for everyone's work i definitely agree i i know for example when i was doing my uh senior movie i was very much kind of playing off of his vibe of mm-hmm. Of darkness, um, but I guess you could call it. I mean, he's he's. Your yeah. film wasn't like David Lynch. Uh, okay. I mean, I, it's not. As, I I not like it was a good film. I just I I didn't think it was. It was more funny than a David Lynch film. Yeah, no, no. I've just uh, when it when I showed it at um, like, I, I think someone did tell me it was a little David Lynch esque. But um, no, I see, that was probably the, his David Lynch. It, um, I think the, his earlier stuff definitely derives from the German expression. You know, the uh, the cabinet yeah. of Doctor uh, Fritz Lang, Hertz Lang. That kind of like giant shadows. Everything is filmed from underneath that shadowy uh, yeah. face. I, I think that's a pretty cool. See, Tim Burton makes gothic uh, expressionism into a family movie. While David Lynch takes it to a different dimension. All right. Wow. And we're back. Man. Oh, man. I sound so good. Like, uh, man, like my voice isn't. I I didn't know what was on the horizon. It was beautiful. I'm still alive, which is kind of like that's, you know, that's something not to get morbid, but that's something like we don't know unless. Yeah, we don't know when we're going to die. So what I didn't. Are you I talking didn't. About? I didn't know I was still gonna be alive today. This is great. <laughs> no, I made it. Wait, wait. So the whole time you were just listening to that, being like, I was thinking wow. like, I'm alive. I made that it. The whole time I thought I was gonna be dead by now. Look, a <laughs> hundred. I honestly like two hundred years ago. People thinking like, you went in a plane. You should be dead. I did it. I survived that bad boy, and I'm here talking to you, wonderful people. Anyways, anyways, let's talk about what we've seen. Yeah, no. What uh, What did you see, Sam? Uh, I started watching this film called. Uh, was that this week or last week? I think it was. I think it was last last week. No, it was actually seven years ago that I watched that film. Oh, that's no, what right. What I'm yeah. talking about is uh, um, there's this film called uh, Fifth Element. <gasps> oh, starring one uh, Brucey Will. Yeah, that movie has not aged well. Oh, really? Let me tell you. Now, that in movie, what way? Like graphic, uh, like the special effects, probably yeah, stink. Yeah, but I, I just feel like it's a very like 
like a man like it's like a lot of the things have to do with sexualizing women well i mean her costume is like nothing though it is a cool costume though it is nothing one of the one of the things i i guess i didn't understand about that film is you know that the one like musician guy like the guy that's like who is that guy that like the oh um chris uh um chris tucker chris tucker yeah the the character he's playing is so obviously gay like i'm just like this guy is so obviously a homosexual man Uh, what does that have to do like are you saying because he like because he because he was like have like he was like then flirting with all of these girls and it just like it didn't it didn't make sense to me. Like, he could be a me, bisexual, Sam. I, I guess, but it seemed like he was. The movie was trying very hard to make him like a, like a chauvinistic dude, of like flirting with all the women and stuff. Hey, and I'm like obviously this isn't. You know, this it's... is sci-fi. <laughs> this guy is definitely uh, <laughs> on the like. Definitely not like just. I, a, I, a, I don't know. I don't know about. <laughs> I mean, what is this? Not PC. I don't know. Um, no, I, I, I'm not getting any weird feelings. And, okay, uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll save it. Um, and this but, is radio, uh, so. But I do think that the 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 movie is, is it... relies a lot on uh, just just it's just it's just like such a '90s. No, no, no. It's just no, not the editing. It just seemed like Bruce Willis was kind of just like. Like, there was one scene where Bruce Willis kisses the fifth element while she was sleeping. Oh, boy. And I think, like, back in the 90s and stuff, I was kind of just like, oh, you know, like, Sleeping Beauty sort of thing. But, like, nowadays, that's kind of like, all right, that's a little weird. Why did you do that? Like, there's, like, things that are kind of just, like, like, all of the stewardesses or, like, all the flight, like, all of the women in that film were... There was, like, this one... All the women in the film were either made... Were just, like, the butt of the jokes. And, like, really the only one was the fifth element. But she was, like, not at all... What's, uh... Like, she was, she was like, she was made to... She was still really sexualized. But she's supposed to be the ultimate creature. She was still made to seem, like, uh, the butt of a joke. Yeah, but she, like... She was always, like, uh... She was, like... Like, there was this one scene where, like, she was obviously made to be... Uh, thrown into water just so it's like she's like you know has a white shirt on and is like drenched in water and uh, like what's the famous what's the famous line it's like all access pass uh, i'm trying no, oh yeah multi-pass uh, yeah multi-pass i think that's yeah, yeah, how yeah, she yeah. does it i um, mean it does it does make sense that she's she's like kind of a like a ding dong like an a ding dong because no, i mean like, like she's, she's a alien. ding dong at first and then she becomes, because isn't at the very end, she's like, I love you. I am now, I can speak in moderation, right? Yeah, and then they have, like, sex at the end. Oh, yeah, that's, that was weird. Like, it just ends with them having brutal sex in this, in this chamber. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, a just... lot of the movie just seemed like a, someone who had just got, had a bit too much testosterone mixed with, Someone Space. who uh, took Viagra and uh, yeah, it uh, it lasted more than five hours. <laughs> it lasted two years until the movie was done. 
Yeah, Everybody, yeah. it's done. And, and and they took the Viagra out while yeah. on an airplane, and they were just like, "Oh shit, this is great!" Like looking out at the clouds, and you're just like, "Wouldn't it be amazing?" <laughs> yeah, th- no, that's the noise of both his penis and the idea. Like, ding! <laughs> I Marika, <laughs> I did the it. came up next to him and was like, "What was that very loud sound?" Oh, that and was just my. I brought a bell and I put it near my penis and it dinged it because I had five Viagras. Excuse me. You would die, I think. I think, yeah. Anyways, what movie have you seen? Um, it's been an, uh, it's been been a while. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm stealing uh, catchphrases. Um, it's been a while since I've seen a movie. I brought a bunch of movies with me on the plane, but only one headphone works with my with my laptop and I've put it in my other carriage. Anyways, long story short, I've been watching the ninth and I think eighth season of trailer park boys. Oh boy. I got to tell you, I love that show. It's a stupid show, like a lot stupider than like, it's definitely something that I in uh, like in other stuff I would maybe dislike, but I don't know. There's something I like about the show. And, um, I mean, I, I I liked. Isn't there now a cartoon? There is. Oh, actually, there's something. I watched the entirety of the cartoon, and it's so fun. It's so weird because the cartoon is just like the thirteenth season of the the show. Because at the end of the twelfth season, I guess they take a bunch of mushrooms and turn into cartoon characters. Oh wait, really? Yeah, and so their whole excuse is that they're like now permanently stuck. In this high mode, so like oh stuff can ha- like stuff can happen, and the uh, actor who played uh, Mr. Leahy died. Like Which I, one was that? He was the drunk old the man. Oh, I don't know. Um, but anyways, <laughs> it's so funny because he shows up as a like a ghost in the cartoon, and they <laughs> edit together his voice. Not even replaced it, but you can obviously hear the edits. Of, like, him going, like, I'll get you, boys! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's even... It's like what they did with Chef, but throughout the entire season, and it's not trying to be disrespectful. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so I um I would recommend that, but our next episode, I will have recommendations, because now I've learned to bring my headphones onto the plane. I'm glad you've learned a lot from this trip. I learned and about so dynamics. I. Yeah, and you've learned a little bit. Uh, I learned a little bit. Uh, I learned the best places to hide in the flamingo so Zach can't find me. I still can't find him. I'm just, I'm just beating people with bats. Yeah, anyone behind a curtain. Watch out if you're in Las Vegas because uh, Zach might beat you with a bat if I you're behind gotta, a curtain. Oh, my goodness. Got to find people. Anyways, uh, we'll uh, tune in next week, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.